in personal finance, I do think it's easy to have this same sort of dynamic in terms of like, it's much easier to binge podcasts than it is to make real progress. But if we think about the savings rate, which we're going to talk about today, this is the one that if you apply it to your life and you identify what is your savings rate, how are you using it to build wealth and quantify it and then manage it, it will pay big dividends over time. Hey, it's Justin Harvey. Thanks for tuning in to the Anesthesia and Pain Management Success Podcast. With APM Success, we take a close look at important topics pertaining to business, practice management, personal finance, and careers for anesthesiologists and pain management physicians. We work hard to take your critical questions straight to the experts. Thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome to episode 221 of APM Success. As we're coming up on the holiday season, I am becoming aware again how fast this year has gone. And also, in the season of Thanksgiving, how much I have to be grateful for. We'll probably do a little bit of a segment unpacking that next week. Another great thing about the holidays is it's a time to reflect, a time to recap, and in the financial world, a time to take stock of how things are going, the kind of progress you're making or not, the things that you want to change, the opportunities that exist, etc. As you're thinking about these things, I want to circle back to what I call the mother of all financial variables and take another look at it from a different angle. And specifically, I'm talking about the savings rate. And before I get into the savings rate, I want to tell a brief anecdote from my own life to hopefully calibrate the way that you hear today's message. There was a time in my life, (laughs) in the not too distant past, probably this calendar year, when I'm embarrassed to admit, I was really into listening to podcasts about lifestyle optimization, efficiency, how to get hyper-efficient, get the most out of every day, every hour, keep your inbox tidy, yada, yada, time blocking, all these like lifestyle hacks. Eventually what I found was I was listening to more podcasts about productivity than I actually was implementing. And I wasn't really moving towards productivity or efficiency. I was just giving myself some illusion of progress (laughs) because of the amount of content related to productivity to which I was exposing myself. So hopefully that isn't you with this podcast, although if you have listened to all 221 episodes, then I do thank you. However, I would love for you to, if you only hear this podcast and then take it and run with it and you don't hear anything else from all the other podcasts we've had this year, I think this is a great one to take, grab it with both hands, take ownership of it and implement it in your life. You're gonna see meaningful financial progress as a result. In personal finance, I do think it's easy to have this same sort of dynamic in terms of like, it's much easier to binge podcasts than it is to make real progress. But if we think about the savings rate, which we're going to talk about today, this is the one that if you apply it to your life and you identify what is your savings rate, how are you using it to build wealth and quantify it and then manage it, it will pay big dividends over time. Here's how I define the savings rate. It is your, the gross income, it's it's a fraction. So imagine you're a fifth grader. We're going to go back to the numerator and denominator here. And this is a good time for me to make a plug for the YouTube channel because I'm going to share a couple slides here just because we're going to talk about numbers. There's going to be a little bit of a visual presentation. And if you're on the treadmill right now, that's great. Don't necessarily jump off to view this slide. However, I would say that this is one of these uh, conversations that's a little easier in visual format. So we've got the numerator and denominator. The numerator is your... Um, any money that goes towards a wealth building activity. And here's 
how I define a wealth building activity. Anything that increases your net worth. This is either increasing your assets, like adding to cash accounts or investment accounts, or it could mean that you're paying off debt, eliminating student debt, credit cards, paying down your mortgage, etc. So you're either increasing your assets or reducing your liabilities. Either of these results in an increase in your net worth. Anything that does that, we're gonna count as a wealth building contribution. That is the numerator. The denominator is gross income from all sources, plus any employer match in your 401k. And we're gonna, we, we could get more complicated, but we don't want to for our purposes. So this is where I flip over to the slide that I'm gonna review for today and talk through a couple examples. So if you wanna quantify your savings rate, I have a hypothetical example here for uh, a physician who makes half a million dollars a year of income. They've got a mortgage for $1.5 million at a 6% interest rate with a 30-year amortization. They participate in their company's 401k and they don't have any income outside of that 500 grand. If they max out the 401k, that's $22,500. That's the 2023 employee maximum. The employer match, assuming they have a 3% match, will yield them another $15,000. So that's a total of 37.5 in the 401k. A $1.5 million mortgage will yield an additional $18,000 of home equity. And here's how I get this number. And this was, frankly, every time I look at this, I'm, I'm shocked anew. On a 30-year amortization, the monthly payment on your mortgage is about $10,700, depending on your taxes and some other variables. Of that $10,000 plus, only about $1,500, that's one five zero zero fifteen hundred, is going towards equity. So if you've got a million and a half dollars of mortgage balance, you've got almost 11 grand a month going towards your mortgage, you're only building up $1,500 of equity per payment. So that's $18,000 a year. And maybe for our, the case of our physician in this example, there's also a backdoor Roth contribution happening. That's another $6,500. So again, quick summary, 22,500 for the employee contribution to the 401k. $15,000 match, we're at 37,500. Backdoor Roth for 6,500 and then 18,000 for the home equity. We're at $62,000 of wealth building contributions for this physician. That's the numerator. The denominator is their gross income plus their employer match. So that's $500,000 of gross wages plus 15 grand is $515,000. So the ratio here, 62 grand divided by 515, the savings rate in this example is 12%. Now my rule of thumb is everyone should be doing 10% at least, uh, even if you're willing to make significant lifestyle modification to, uh, you know, you're assuming you're going to work longer, you're assuming you're going to live in a bigger house, you're, even if we're making all those assumptions, going less than 10% in my view is kind of dangerous financially. 20% is probably a good baseline and 30% is for people who are pretty serious about making meaningful financial progress and perhaps are in the, the fire realm, financial independence, retire early. So this is an example of somebody who's, you know, content with a, a more gradual approach to saving, knowing that they're going to probably work into their 60s with this kind of savings rate. Again, depending on a million other variables, but this is a starting point. I want to give a second example for that same physician, but they make a couple key differences in decision making in terms of their lifestyle and their savings. So we've got that 500k a year of income, but this physician, instead of having a million and a half of a mortgage, they've got 600 grand, same interest rate. And they're also using a taxable account. So this physician is now they're doing the same 22.5 in the 401k, same employer match of 15 grand, same backdoor Roth of 16.5. Their home equity is gonna be a little bit less because their payments are much lower. 
so $7,200 a year of home equity on the front end of that amortization schedule. And in brief, with regards to the amortization, when you have a 30-year mortgage payoff, the payoff happens in such a way that on the front end, in the first few years, a very, very small amount, and this is probably obvious based on the last example, a very small amount of each payment is going towards actual principal pay down. Most of it is going to the bank, the rest of it is going to taxes and insurance. Only on the back end, in the last handful of years, does that ratio skew towards principal pay down. So on the front end, that's why you can have a number like, I'm paying almost $11,000 a month and only 1,500 is going towards equity. So in this example, there's $7,200 per month, or sorry, per year of home equity, and another 5,000 per month, 60,000 per year in a taxable investment account. So this is a physician who's skewing more towards savings. They've got that taxable account going. They've filled up all their other pre-tax buckets that they have available to them. That results in total savings of $111,200. On the same gross income of 500 grand, gross income plus the 15,000 of employer match, it's 515 grand. Total savings right here is 22%. So again, in broad strokes, you can see the lifestyle decision-making happening, the savings rate difference, it's almost double. And the net effect is that this physician is going to cut years off of their working career if they want to. They're going to be financially free much earlier and they can do clinical medicine only to the extent that it's important to them. So if you only do one thing <laughs> um, as a result of listening to all the podcasts this year, quantify your savings rate and figure out what your wealth building activities are. Take a look at your mortgage. Figure out how much your monthly payment is and how much your principal is being paid off each month and then figure out what that ratio is. And then um, if you have any thoughts, feedback, questions, let me know, justin at apm-wealth.com. Would love to uh, hear how things are going for you. And hopefully you can take this, take ownership of it, dial it in, get it finely tuned and humming, working for you, automate as much of this as possible in 2024 and beyond and you'll be making financial progress expeditiously before you know it. As always, thanks for tuning in. If you liked what you heard this week, head on over to apmsuccess.com where you can find more content and free resources to help you build a successful career in anesthesia and pain management. If you wanted to leave a review in iTunes, I'd also really appreciate it. Thanks for using some of your valuable time to join me today on APM Success.